Some of the biggest national publications have been putting out their college football preseason rankings this week. Are they being fair to the Miami Hurricanes, or is it disrespect as usual? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Fall camp is now two days away. Hallelujah. 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 I cannot wait. I'm so excited to see the Canes step on the field. Uh, so we have now national publications dropping their preseason rankings heading into the 2022 season. Uh, obviously, we don't have an AP top 25 just yet. We certainly don't have college football playoff rankings that don't drop until around midseason. Uh, but it is interesting to see that they do have Miami on the rise. And I asked the question, are they being disrespectful to the U or are they being fair to the U? I actually think that a couple of the publications we're going to look at are being fair to Miami. We'll start with CBS Sports. Now, CBS Sports, they're very ambitious with the way they put together their list because they don't just do a predicted top 25. They actually rank the entire FBS from one to 131. Now, before we get to where they put Miami, are you interested to hear who made the dead last spot on their list? Dead last. Our neighbors, a few miles up the road, FIU. Oh, FIU come in at number 131 on the CBS preseason ranking. Oh, my God. You never want to be the very last ranked team in FBS. Uh, but, okay, so... They have Miami to CBS Sports number 19 in their rankings. And the interesting thing about it was, um, you know, right after the season was over, of course, and the college football playoff had been decided and all the bowl games had been played, they slapped together a postseason list. And Miami has actually moved up 26 spots since the end of the season last year. The big factors there, of course, the hiring of Mario Cristobal, the hiring of all of these assistant coaches, the big-time additions in the transfer portal. Tyler Van Dyke, uh, obviously we knew he was coming back uh, this year because you know he still has more eligibility he needs to fulfill, but Tyler Van Dyke's strong finish to the season last year and the strong spring and, and all the good vibes preseason. So Miami has been a big riser up to number 19. Here's what CBS Sports said about the Hurricanes. Mario Cristobal comes in with a track record of contending for conference titles at Oregon. He also inherits a roster ready to challenge Clemson immediately in the ACC. Now, I, just the word inherit, I don't know if that's accurate, right? Because like, if you were to take all of the returning players from last year and try to stack them up with what Clemson has this year. And I know Clemson had a down year last year, but I think that they kind of under, underperformed a little bit last season. I wouldn't say Miami, just with the returning players, has enough to challenge. But uh, I think the transfer portal, which 
Cristobal obviously deserves a ton of credit for because these guys transferred in once Cristobal was already hired. They didn't transfer in for Manny Diaz, that's for sure. Um, I think the transfer portal has really improved Miami's roster, and I think just the coaching that they're going to get is going to improve Miami's roster. When you think about people like Charlie Strong and Alex Mirabal actually training these players, I think the defense and offense are both going to get a lot better in the trenches and more consistent. So I, I wouldn't really know if the inherent the inherit word is the right word there. Uh, they say reigning ACC rookie of the year, Tyler Van Dyke should have the offense humming again. And the Hurricanes defense is a strong combination of young breakout players from last year. James Williams comes to mind. Leonard Taylor comes to mind in a big way. Avante Williams and new transfer portal additions, they say. If all the pieces gel, this adjustment won't look so dramatic. Uh, sophomores like defensive tackle Leonard Taylor and safeties Cameron Kinchins and James Williams should have major roles for Miami in 2022. They say defensive ends Mitchell Agude and Akeem Mesador, linebacker Caleb Johnson and cornerback Daryl Porter Jr. are the transfers who project to start on the 2022 Miami defense. So what do you guys think? Is number 19 in a preseason ranking? I think that's fair. I think anywhere between 15 to 20. I think is fair for Miami. Let me give you uh, their other top 20 teams, just so you guys know what we're dealing with here. No surprise at number one, the Alabama Crimson Tide, even though they didn't win the title last year, they basically, they start every season at number one and rightfully so because Saban is the GOAT. Uh, Ohio State at number two, Georgia, the defending champs at number three. Utah at number four. They've got a lot of momentum coming off their Pac-12 title last year. Clemson at number five. So everybody thinks Clemson's going to bounce back. That's going to be a big one because you talk about hype to live up to after having a, by their standards, disappointing season last year. Pretty much everyone has Clemson top five team preseason, penciled in as ACC champs already. Clemson's got a lot of pressure to live up to, I think. They've got Notre Dame number six, Oklahoma seven, Michigan eight, Texas A&M nine. Remember, we see so the two toughest games on Miami's schedule, Clemson, they rank them number five, Texas A&M, they rank them at number nine. So Miami's got two of the top 10 teams in the a, in the CBS preseason ranking on the schedule, both on the road. They've got Baylor number 10, NC State number 11. So that's another ACC team checking in there. USC number 12, Oklahoma State number 13, Mario's Old Pals, Oregon at number 14, Wisconsin 15, Arkansas 16, Cincinnati 17, Penn State 18, Miami 19th, Michigan State 20th, Wake Forest 21st, Houston 22nd, Kentucky 23rd, Tennessee 24th, and our pals in the coastal Pittsburgh at number 25. So that's the way that CBS Sports ranks us. Here's uh, where Miami checks in on the Sports Illustrated list. And of course, I now work with the Sports Illustrated family on allhurricanes.com. I had nothing to do with this ranking, though. But I'll tell you what, man, Sports Illustrated, I think they're giving Miami some respect as well. So Miami checks in at 17th on the Sports Illustrated preseason ranking they only did a top 25 they didn't do like 131 like cbs did uh here's what sports illustrated says about miami now they according to si miami rightfully so seven and five last year and they didn't play in a bowl game last year they were eligible but the bowl game got canceled due to all the covid running through the team so they had miami unranked after the 2021 season 
They've got Miami now ranked 17th. Uh, and they give Miami, by the way, for, for those stat geeks out there, they give Miami an 8.9% chance to make the college football playoff. So you're telling me there's a chance. Here's what they say. Where Miami is right now, Coach Cristobal returns to his alma mater with a great coaching staff and a solid fixture at quarterback in Tyler Van Dyke, but with some work to do everywhere else, especially at receiver, which lost most of its top production to the NFL. But there's a lot of youth and promise here, especially in the secondary, which brings a lot of speed and athleticism to the fore. FPI gives the U, which was just eight combined points from a perfect ACC record last fall, a 28% chance to win its division this season. That's, and I don't know what FPI is smoking, but I think Miami has a better than 28% chance to win the Coastal, don't you? I actually, I don't mind 8.9% to, to make the top four in the country. I'll take that, but 28% to win the Coastal? I think that's a little bit low, don't you guys think? Um, you know, what they're saying about the receiving core, I'm not going to argue that because, heck, I've been saying it since we started doing this show back in April that one of the biggest question marks, I think the two biggest question marks on defense, it's the linebackers. On offense, it's the receiving core. It's a question mark, but the more that I study it and the more that I, I talk to some of these players, and I'm so grateful on Tuesday at Kane's Media Day, I had the chance to talk to so many Miami players, a handful of wide receivers, uh, and talking to Tyler Van Dyke about his wide receivers. I'm getting a little bit more bullish on it um, because I think, one, Xavier Restrepo, I know since he's a slot receiver, people may not like bring him up in some of the flashy conversations, but I think that dude is going to catch a ton of balls and a ton of first downs this year. I mean, y'all remember Braxton Berrios. I think I think Xavier Restrepo can be as good, maybe even better, because he's got a better quarterback than Braxton Berrios was. So I feel very good about X. Um, I feel really good about Frank Ladson. He looks and sounds ready to me. I know he had a bit of a quiet spring. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, because Charleston Rambo had a quiet spring last year and then you look what he did during the season he set Miami records so I think Frank Ladson who transferred in from Clemson is going to be really good and then it's like listen yeah you got a lot of unproven guys who need to step up and I think with with Ladson I think he's proven on the field I just think he needs to stay healthy because he struggled with that a little bit but I think he can be really really good this year I mean there's some guys we don't talk about as much like Romello Brinson and Michael Redding who I had a chance to speak to at media days um, you know, Jacoby George and Keyshawn Smith are very capable. Uh, I just think they need to be consistent because they're young. They haven't proven that yet. Uh, Brashard Smith, I think that guy can be weapon X in this offense. That That's the type of guy you can line up in the slot on the outside. You can line him up at running back. You can run gadget plays for him. So uh, I think with good coaching and with creativity in the play design and play calling, I do think Miami's receiving core, which we look at not as a weakness, but as a question mark, I think that can become a strength this year, especially when you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the country. When you have a quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke, he can elevate the talent around him. And of course, you've got one of the best tight end rooms in the country, which can take a little pressure off that receiving core because Miami has at least four tight ends who are very capable pass catchers. And then you've got another one in Mamarelli, who's a very good blocker, who's going to help you out in the running game. So uh, I'm, I'm not as worried about wide receiver today as I was 
few weeks ago, a few months ago. I'm, I'm starting to come around, but we need to see them prove it on the field. There's no question about that. Another projection that I found interesting, this is not a top 25 preseason ranking, but the sporting news, they love to, in August, already start predicting bowl game matchups. And I like the way that they went with this one. They might have done this on purpose just for clicks because it's like, oh, this matchup would be exciting. Everyone's going to want to click on this story and read about it. But the sporting news projects Miami versus Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl. Oh, now, you remember the last time the old fighting Irish, the struggling Irish, came down to Hard Rock Stadium? How did that go for them? One of the greatest nights of my life when Miami just destroyed them at Hard Rock Stadium in 2017. So the opportunity to do that again, because even though like Notre Dame plays, uh, I think, five ACC opponents every year, Miami is not on their schedule and vice versa this year. So, yeah, if we got the chance to see them in the Orange Bowl, I would not mind that. I would not mind that one bit. So. You let me know how you guys feel. You can drop us a tweet at Locked On Canes. And when you tweet us, we'll possibly read it on the show, probably respond to it. And if you follow us, we will follow you back at Locked On Canes. Do you guys think these preseason rankings are fair? Because I love to complain when the national guys disrespect Miami. I don't see any disrespect there. I think that Miami being ranked 17th preseason by SI, I'll take it. 19th preseason by CBS Sports, I'll take it. Here's what we have coming up on today's episode. Uh, so I want to share some recruiting notes with you guys. We're all on commit watch for 24 hours from now, okay? Because we have Miami targets, wide receiver William Foles, and center Connor Liu are both going to be making their announcements on Friday um, I'm going to be honest with you, the buzz, it's getting pretty mixed there. And there's also something not so good that came in for a big time five-star target on the defensive line. We will talk a little crouton with you right after we talk about Built Bar. Hey, if you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. And guys, I'm so frustrated because I ate my last cookie dough puff today and I put in the order and it's like I'm chomping at the bit to get my next box in. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. I know one of our listeners, Mark, recently ordered a box and he loves them. Guys, the cookie dough chunk puffs are my favorite flavor of Built Bar yet, and I've tried a lot of them. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories. They have a whopping 15 grams of protein. So run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. And what's great about Built is that all of their bars and puffs are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and it provides tons of health benefits. So eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar, guys. So ditch the calories, the fat, and the sugar and grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com and use our promo code 
LOCKED15. To get 15% off your order, use promo code LOCKED15. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts, and we are available free on YouTube. Uh, so let's talk some recruiting here. Uh, we don't have an announcement date for this player, I don't believe, uh, but someone Miami is recruiting very heavily, and he plays at IMG Academy, which is becoming a Miami pipeline. Samuel Mapemba, five-star edge rusher. He did yesterday get a crystal ball prediction to Georgia, not to Miami. He's got, uh, this is from 24-7. Of course, they do the crystal balls. He does have a low confidence crystal ball to Miami from Andrew Ivins, but he's got a medium confidence crystal ball now from Steve Wiltfong, the Grim Reaper. Now, uh, I can't remember who it was, but there's a guy who comments on YouTube sometimes, and he always tells me, for whatever reason, he hates it when I talk about the Steve Wiltfong crystal balls. Like, it, I, I don't know, it's become a pet peeve for one of our commenters. So I I guess I apologize for doing it so much, but it's kind of become a running joke on this show because Wiltfong is rarely wrong. The Fong is never wrong, we say, right? Now, but you do have to remember this about, about Steve Wiltfong. He doesn't have a perfect track record. Sometimes he is wrong. And sometimes he changes his crystal balls at the last minute. That's why he's so good, because there's no penalty for changing a crystal ball. He did that with Olaus Allenen, right? Because he had dropped uh, an Olaus Allenen crystal ball to Miami a couple weeks ago, then a couple days before Olaus made his announcement, and he did choose Alabama. Wilt Fong flipped his balls from Miami to Bama, so he got credit for it, even though he did change it. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we'll see how this plays out with Samuel Mapemba, but I still feel uh, a certain amount of confidence from the Miami side in that all the IMG guys seem to be coming to Miami, and he's got a lot of teammates there that are recruiting him to Miami. So I, I'm going to say it's not over until it's over for Samuel Mapemba. Uh, so here's something on Connor Liu, the center out of Kennesaw, Georgia, three-star. Now, it sounds like Miami staff really likes Lou who's going to be announcing on Friday. Um, I've even heard that Miami's staff have actually rated him the best uh, uncommitted center in the country, that they think that highly from him, even though he's only a three-star guy for those who live and die by the star system. I don't. I talk about the star system just as a reference point, but, you know, the, the stars are, it's a lot of politics come into it. And like, you know, if you're related to the Mannings, you get five stars automatically, even if you don't show up to like any camps whatsoever, like Arch, who I think might be a little bit overrated, but that I don't want to go down that rabbit hole right now. Um, but here's what I was told last night by one of our uh, insiders from uh, all from uh, from Sports Illustrated um, that Auburn feels their confidence growing for Connor Lou. That's exactly what I was told. Uh, but I've heard similar feedback in recent days about Miami, that Miami's confidence had been growing for Lou. But maybe this is one of those things where guys like in the age of NIL and with how public recruiting has become these days, things can change a lot. So I've, I've felt really good about Connor Lou this week. But apparently from the Auburn side, their confidence has been growing. So we'll have to see what happens with this one. Uh, unlike uh, Wilt Fong, I'm not ready to flip my Dono balls yet. I'm still, I still have a Dono ball logged for Connor Liu to the U. 
But I do want to let you guys know that apparently Auburn is uh, is really pushing for this one. But when it comes down to it, it's like if you're if your final two choices come down to Auburn and Miami, like where do you really want to be, Connor? Like, yeah. I've never been to Auburn, Alabama, but I can't imagine it's a better place to be than Miami, Florida. I can't imagine that. So, Connor, make the right decision. If you want to talk to me and I can tell you where to get the best croquetas and, uh, you know, and, and all that good stuff down in South Florida, feel free to slide into my DMs, bro. I, I will set you straight. Um, so with uh, William Foles is another one we're going to have to wait and see for. Four-star wide receiver out of Dade Christian and avant-garde. He's going to be announcing tomorrow. Pushed back his announcement a couple days from Wednesday to Friday. Um, and I'm curious about this one because I, I think Miami might still be interested, even though we've gotten some reports the last week and a half that maybe Miami's backing off his recruitment a little bit because Miami might have bigger fish at wide receiver in mind. And they want to make sure they're keeping their options open and their scholarships open. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens. I think uh, William Foles is going to keep us in suspense. He he might even choose FSU tomorrow. And then all the Florida State fans are going to be bragging about finally getting a, a recruit that anyone's actually heard of. I don't know who's going to throw him the football because their quarterback situation seems pretty bleak. But we will see how that one plays out uh, for William Foles. So th this is not a recruiting note, but this is definitely something to watch when fall camp starts. Um, I heard through the grapevine that James Williams, Bednarik watch list, one of the best safeties in the country, one of the best young safeties, best safeties period in the country, James Williams, he might get some work at Sam Linebacker. We'll see how that plays out if that really does come to fruition in fall camp. So... Uh, people have asked me, and I haven't had a great answer for it uh, because, you know, Miami coaches keep this stuff pretty close to the vest. People have asked me, how can Miami get Cam Kinchins, Avante Williams, and James Williams all on the field at the same time? Because they're all three so good, it seems kind of, you know, counterproductive to have one of them sitting on the bench for every play, right? Uh, so this might be a way to do that. If James Williams, who's got the size to play a little bit of linebacker, but listen, it is worth noting cross training at different positions. It's going to happen a lot with this coaching staff. They've already been cross training in off season workouts a ton. Guys on the D line have been playing multiple spots, guys on the O line, some of which who have never played center before are taking snaps at center, just in the interest of depth and cross training and also new coaching staff, they want to take inventory of what they have, right? Like, okay, do you think a new coaching staff, are they just going to rely on, you know, where Manny Diaz had everybody lined up last year? Or do they want to actually get a look at these players in different spots on the field so they can make their own evaluation? So I found that to be interesting. Uh, here's another exercise that I wanted to do here um, is – giving you guys a fall camp preview for certain players I want to hype up in the old wedding tradition. And I want you guys to help us out on Twitter at locked on canes. Give us your takes on this, something old, something new, something borrowed and something blue. We're going to talk about something old being a senior who we want to hype up in fall camp, something new being a true freshman. We want to hype up 
something borrowed, being a guy we just got in from the transfer portal. I know that they're not really borrowed, but it just kind of, you know, it fits in with the whole narrative. And something blue, being a guy coming off the injury report. So I want to give you an answer for each of those as we hype up fall camp, which starts Friday. Friday, my friends, right here on Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue heading into fall camp. So for something old, uh, and you know, no disrespect to him, he's still a lot younger than I am, okay? Fifth-year senior tight end, Will Mallory. <laughs> he looks jacked and ready to go. I saw this dude at media day and he he looks like he's ready to run through walls and just demolish people on that field and run through tackles left and right. Uh, I think it's awesome that Will came back for his senior year because, listen, it, I don't think he would have been a high draft pick last year. Maybe he will be this coming year. I think it's good for him that he came back and it's good for the whole tight end unit because he can still he can mentor Elijah Arroyo, who I think is ready to break out. He can, men he can uh, mentor Jaleel Skinner, who's a true freshman, and he's got all the upside in the world. Uh, and I think Will Mallory's going to have a really nice year. He did get some love. He was put on the uh, the all-ACC preseason team for tight end, so there are some high expectations for Will. He was very good second half of last season once TVD found his footing. So for something old, fifth-year senior Will Mallory. For something new, I can't stick with just one here. I'm going to violate my own rule and give you two. I'm going to give it a tie. I'll give you one on defense, one on offense. Nigelie Kelly, true freshman defensive end, who's only 17 years old. And this guy, he's ready to dominate. And Trevante Citizen, true freshman running back, 221 pounds now. He is dominating the strength and conditioning program. And you would never guess this guy's an 18-year-old because he looks like he's 21, 22-year-old experienced running back. Uh, and the coaches can't run out of nice things to say about him. Uh, Mario Cristobal says he's ready to compete for playing time right now in one of the deepest running back rooms in the country. So, yeah, Nigel Lee Kelly and Trevante Citizen for me. But I could have also gone with Cyrus Moss. Right. I could have also, I don't know, there, there's a number of Wesley Besaint that could have gone with him. Like, oh, it's something new, I think, is the hardest because I'm so excited for some of these true freshmen. For something borrowed, transfer portal. This is another hard one. Okay. Um, I'm not necessarily saying he's the best player who came in through the portal, but he's a really good player at the biggest position of need. I'm gonna go with Caleb Johnson linebacker out of UCLA, who's almost a no-brainer to be a starter this year. Probably, you know, one of UCLA's two best defensive players last year. They didn't have a very good defense, but he was really, really good on it. He was actually one guy who really popped on film for them. And we needed him because linebacker depth wasn't that promising, right? So Caleb Johnson, to me, Really good player at a big position of need. That's why I give him the edge over some other really good transfers that Miami got. Now, for something blue, somebody coming off of injury, I'm going to go with Don Chaney because he had a serious injury last year, blew out his knee, off-season surgery, and, and the knee injury happened, I think, in September, so he missed almost the entire season last year. Went through a really tough journey, surgery and rehab. He looks fantastic, and it looks like he is ready to go this year. And Chaney is a big X factor in that running back core because he has 
all the goods, well-rounded back, three down back, can do everything in that backfield. If he's truly 100% healthy and he looks like, you know, a better version of his old self as a true freshman from a couple of years ago, Don Chaney is good enough to be a starter in this backfield and in most backfields in the country. So that's going to be my guy, something blue coming off of injury. So if you guys want to let me know yours uh, to at locked on canes on Twitter, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, hit us up at locked on canes. I did steal this segment though from somebody else on the locked on college network, but he put it in our group chat and said, anyone who wants to use this, go ahead and use it. So I committed theft. I stole it, and uh, and I'm having fun with it. Ran out of time for Q&A because I talk so darn much. So we'll do Q&A on Friday's episode because I got a couple really good questions that I want to go over. Uh, so if you guys want to sneak in a question for us to answer on Friday's episode, at Locked on Canes on Twitter, and thank you so much. Hey, get more on the ACC by making Locked on ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts take you across the ACC in 30 minutes or less. Locked on ACC. We will talk to you guys again tomorrow. We're going to have a fall camp preview with our boy Blue. Larry Bluestein is going to join us, one of my favorites in the community. We will talk to you tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.